Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Here to see if Caitlin Clark can set the record. Right now, everybody is trying to see if Nebraska can pull the major upset on national TV here today. Nisley on top with 15 to shoot. Dribbles against Clark. The right elbow. Shelly throws down low. Markowski kicks it out to Jazz. Knocked away by Marshall. Seven to shoot. Six to shoot. Shelly for three. You! Betcha! Huskers take their first lead of the game with 30 seconds left. You betcha! Huskers take the lead over second-ranked Iowa. 30 seconds to go, and they are going crazy at PBA. Listen to this crowd. Kicking off hour number three here on Herd Out Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. And for our third hour, we're on KFOR in Lincoln as well. Speaking of Lincoln, had a nice little basketball game yesterday afternoon. Joining us now to talk about that on the War Horse Sportsbook hotline is Andy Markowski. Andy, how are you this morning? Yeah, doing great, fellas. AM, how are you this morning, man? I You usually keep it pretty steady, Eddie, but... You, Dad had to catch up with you a little bit yesterday, at least, didn't it? Yeah, that one. Uh, that one was fun. You know, um, you know, certainly listening to uh, Iowa people and, and you know, having a little skin in the game on, uh, you know, having a daughter uh, playing in, in that rivalry, and yeah, they had lost seven in a row. Even though you know there was times over the last three years they they played Iowa tough for for long stretches, but um, you know. I knew Alex wanted that one, and uh, you know, uh, you know, great, great crowd, and uh, you know, ended up being a fantastic finish, and and certainly one to uh, one to remember. Andy, you've been around a bunch of different Nebraska sporting events over the years. Where does the you mentioned the crowd there? Where does that kind of rank in terms of an atmosphere? I know it was kind of strange because a lot of people were there to see a player not on Nebraska in Caitlin Clark. But towards the end there, as Nebraska was able to come back in the fourth quarter, you kind of really felt the pro-Nebraska crowd come out. Just how did you uh, – how was that atmosphere compared to some of the other – Closing fans, but, but certainly there was, you know, a lot of, a lot of Iowa fans, still, still more Nebraska. I, I was telling the story back in, you know, 98, 99 season, Creighton had beat us in 97 at, at Creighton, and then we had played them – you know, at home in the Advantage Center in 98, I think they were ranked in the top 25. And I, I remember that was really the first time there was four or 5,000 Creighton fans in Devaney. And, you know, it kind of took me back to that where, you know, just you know, kind of a back-and-forth game where, where each crowd base you could hear. And, you know, having PBA, you know, sold out. Um, you know, certainly the, 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 the Caton Clark uh, factor played throughout the game, right, you know, from, from uh, our fans. You know, not not rooting for her, not wanting her to get the record, and then the outcome of the game, you know, certainly was was in play, you know, late in that game. So there's a lot of different dynamics to follow, but 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 certainly uh, fun. You know, give uh, Husker Nation a lot of credit because I, I thought that yeah, I thought Iowa felt pressure. I you know, when they went diamond and one late, and yeah. and they they there was players from Iowa that just would not shoot the basketball. I just felt like, you know, good shooters that just, I think, felt a little bit of that pressure. I think they felt the pressure of the Caitlin record. Do we pass it to her and let her score? I, I think there was a lot of dynamics that played out that last four minutes. But, um, you know, for the people that showed up, I, you know, I've, I've heard stories of different sporting events, youth sporting events, where people stopped uh, to watch it on, you know, kind of a concourse, uh, you know, TV and some of these uh 
you know, places around the state and, and just kind of that mixed dynamic of Iowa people and Nebraska people watching a game together and, and Nebraska came out on the good side. So, um, you know, just fantastic for everybody. Hey, Am, let me ask you something because I think you mentioned something about, you know, Kate Martin, uh, who had shot it well, missed two really good looks late. Uh, Stokey missed a bunny. Uh, where Alexis really, I thought, was disruptive late kind of on recovery defense. People may not realize Iowa only shot, I think they were 4 of 17 uh, in the fourth quarter. Undersold that Nebraska was so good defensively in, in, in their effort, or do you feel like the action changed or the complacency set in with Iowa offensively? Yeah, the diamond in one was 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 disruptive. It, it you know if you look at Stelke, um getting forty six against Penn State, a lot of that came off of guard penetration where they you know were able to dump that down to her. That you know that diamond took that away. It took the high ball screen away uh, with, with Clark. They tend to put Alexis in our in our four and ball screen, yeah, and high and high ball screen, and it, it took that away. You know, Martin was really the, the the one player that stayed aggressive. Clark, you know, really. Just didn't free herself for for many looks, and you know they they uh, ended up um, subbing you know, one guard out and brought uh, Frelick in just because they they refused to, to shoot kind of the open corner three. And you know if they were up ten, you know I think those kids probably take that open shot. But once it got to six and then four, you start feeling that game pressure. I you know all that Damon changed based on that. Um, you know, just that adjustment that Coach Williams and, and staff made, and and then I and I do think um, the record played into it. I, mm. I think uh, Iowa tends to to defer to Caitlin, and and you know I don't know what you know if they wanted her to keep scoring to to get the record, or they felt the pressure of trying to get her the basketball, and I, I think the pressure of the record hurt Caitlin. She took a really bad shot with 20 seconds. I, I don't know if she thought we were going to foul her on the catch. We had a foul to give that deep three that she airballed, you know, before the final possession. I, I thought that was a strange sequence where, you know, the pressure, I think maybe, maybe got to her a lot, right. Which, which, you know, for a 22 year old to, to take on the, the tension and, and, and the pressure and what she's gone through with her own security detail, you know, I, I think all that plays into it. And, you know, and sometimes it's just a slight, slight advantage in, in, in some of that pressure, and it played out for Nebraska's favor. We're talking with Andy Markowski, former Husker, uh, father of Alexis Markowski, who had just another casual double-double, 15 and 11, decided to toss in four assists and three steals just for fun in there as well. But, you, you know, it's kind of funny you mentioned uh, Caitlin Clark and, and the pressure getting to her a little bit, because I, I do agree there. But it's also kind of funny to say, yeah, I think she maybe didn't play that well. Pressure got to her. Oh, by the way, she's still at 31 in that effort. But you mentioned that she goes scoreless in the fourth quarter. I believe that's the first time in her career she has gone scoreless in the fourth quarter. Um, just how impressed were you with the composure of Nebraska and not letting the pressure get to them as they're down big in the fourth quarter? I mean, I, I don't know that anybody had 27 to 10 in the fourth quarter on their bingo card. Like that was an incredible effort down the stretch for Nebraska. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you hope a game like this can be a catalyst to, um, to this group, you know, which, um, you know, I think a couple things played into that. I, I, I do think the fact that we have played Iowa tight through stretches. I mean, two years ago, um, you know, at their place, um, Lex's freshman year, we played them to four last 
you know, last year at their place, we played them at six. This year at halftime, it was going to be a one-point game, and then we kind of let the end of the half get away from yep. us. Like, you know, so I, I, I think this group believed that they could play with Iowa. And then, obviously, some timely shots um, by Nisley. I thought, you know, Alexis had a really good third quarter to kind of keep you attached. And then, you know, obviously, Jazz finally getting herself going. You know, Amy did a good job of putting Jazz and Lex in the ball screen. They were going to go under the ball screen. They they could not switch that and, and you know, get a mismatch with Alexis on the block. And that, that gave both Nisley and Jazz some space in behind the ball screen to hit a couple big threes in the fourth. And then they started doubling Lex on the block, and she found, you know, to, for her to get four or five assists were, were big. So there was, you know, a lot of contributions from – a lot of players, which which you need, um, you know, Potts, you know, had a six zero run there in the third to keep him attached. So, you can kind of go back and 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 ask yourself how did it play out, and and you know, we just had a lot of a lot of players have have solid good games, and you know, that's what you know this team needs. And if you're going to beat the number two team in the country, you got to have multiple kids play well, and Nebraska did. Yeah, I thought Potts did a good job getting to a couple fifty fifty balls where she'll get credited for rebounds too, which I felt like was interesting but you mentioned a couple things so let me encompass it in one question <clears throat> the two-man game with, with, with the high ball screen that allowed Nisley and and obviously Jazz to get going with Alexis it's tough right do you, are you, you don't want to use drop coverage until they force you you know if they're going to make jump shots but they couldn't then they started to really hunker down on Lex and Nebraska made shots there's that then there's the fact that Nebraska got to play they had nine uh, coach Coach Williams played nine players that had double-digit minutes in terms of uh, of time played. How much do you think the coaching aspect got is undersold with the individual performances on both sides, Coach Bluter and and and, and Coach Williams? Where coaching in game was undervalued yesterday, given the environment and the record and all the other stuff. Yeah, I, I think for the first time we we won that battle, um, and like I said, a lot of it was mm. you know I, I thought the diamond was uh, you know was was big and and employed at the right time, and then you know I, I do think um, we did a good job of of you know we kept them from going zone. We had shot it well enough. They tend to go to their matchup, which has really stalled us in in uh in prior years but Alexis really hurt their zone in Iowa so I, I think they came in knowing that they couldn't uh you know we, Alexis is big enough against Iowa Stelke only at 6-1 to, to really throw over the top of their zone and, and and get her some touches around the rim so we, we kept them out of going zone because I, I think our primer kids had shot it well enough you know le, you know to your point Lex scored enough on the block where yeah. they had to start sending a double and then well she kept them then, in it in the third quarter I mean, yeah. The, then the ability of her, you know, then they were switching some of the ball screen, you know, and then they Alexis pick and popped. Um, well, they didn't switch. They 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 they, they kind of dropped coverage damage, as you mentioned, and then she picked and popped and got a three. So then they changed the cover there. So you know, there was a lot of in-game adjustments that you know, as a you know, as a basketball coach, or you know, you could follow. Maybe as a fan, not not so much. But I thought Nebraska won that battle. In the fourth quarter, and Iowa really never adjusted to to the diamond. They didn't screen it. They didn't get Caitlin, you know, any good shots. And I, you know, I think Stelke might have had a basket in the fourth quarter. And if you take Clark and Stelke away from them, you're down to Kate Martin, which you know is a really good player. But you like your chances if Kate Martin is the only one on you know on Iowa's team that's you know able to score in the in the fourth. And 
you know, it, 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 it proved out in our favor. And then you got to credit Jazz hitting a, a, you know, a really tough shot and then making four, you know, until you're there at that free throw line and in a moment like that, yeah. you know, the pressure of, of going four for four, you know, was, was a big reason why, you know, Iowa needed to make a three versus a two. That changes that landscape in that 30 seconds, which plays to our favor defensively where you know you only have to defend, you know, the three versus having to defend both the two and the three. So, you know, there's a lot of things that went right for us in the fourth quarter, and, you know, I'm just happy for – for the group, and you know, now the reward is they get to go play a top ten team at Iowa State on the road. So, um, yeah, it doesn't get any doesn't get any easier. Let me ask you something. This is probably more um, your basketball mind than it is kind of the the dad fan aspect because I mean, you've obviously broadcasted, you played, coached, you understand it. Do you sometimes look at Jazz? Do you? I, I'm curious. Do you say, "Gosh, you're very capable." You, I'd like for you to be more aggressive, or do you say, "Hey, you know what? I appreciate your versatility because we have a lot of pieces to the whole part." Yeah, you know, Jazz is is immensely talented. You know, her versatility, the you know, ability to pass, defend, uh, rebound. You know, really good shooter. Um, I think sometimes she struggles. Um, you know, right now teams are putting their their best perimeter defender on her right and, and that's hard i mean you know lex is the same way right you get the best post defender the second defender goes to pots and you know nebraska offense benefits at the two through four positions because teams are set up to take jazz and and alexis away i, I do think jazz has has struggled shooting the three part of it is i, I think mm-hmm. there's times she forces and takes some some tough threes which has hurt her confidence um but but i thought she played in rhythm the Iowa game, I, I think Darian, you know, helps Jazz get shots. So, you know, having Darian, you know, potentially back is going to be big for this team as, as they as they finish. But, you know, Jazz is a top ten player in this league. She, you know, probably hadn't had that type of, of year up to the last couple weeks. But, you know, to see the ball go in and, and start to get that confidence, um, you know, we're going to need her to have a, a, a big stretch run if this team wants to – you know, hopefully play themselves into a top four or five seed in the in the Big Ten tournament. And then, you know, I think the goal is to try to play yourself up to the six or seven line. I, you know, that eight, nine game in the tournament is, is great. You know, you get a, a p- potential winnable game in round one, but then you get a one seed round two on their home court, which is always a challenge. So, you know, I think, you know, this team should should have the goal to, to, to get a double bye in the Big Ten and, and play themselves up to the six line, which gives them a chance to maybe win two, and the NCAA, which, you know, I mean, you're, you're in rare rare company uh, at, at Nebraska if, if this team can can play well down the stretch. and Victory last night, but as he mentioned, and Sam mentioned this too, now, you know, it can either be a spark, as, as Andy said, to kind of send you into the rest of the, the remainder of the season here, or, you know, there's a, there's a chance you just look back and be like, oh, that was a nice moment but the season as a whole ends up being disappointing. I, I wonder, because Nebraska men's basketball is sort of in the same spot, right? They've got a couple really nice moments, whether it's Purdue and upsetting number one in the country, whether it's Wisconsin, who it seems You like, do know Purdue is going to win a national championship, right? I don't know. You, you feel good about that? Yeah. I mean, it'll be them or Connecticut. I think it's going to be UConn. I mean, UConn is immensely versatile. UConn scares me. I, I just I can't help but think. I, I, I just think finally it's Purdue's year. I just can't help but think that with – I hate saying that, but whatever. With Edie, 
they're going to find a bad matchup that makes him What are you going to do, put him in ball screens? You put him in ball screens. You, I, mean, I mean, the same thing FDU did last year, right? You play a small lineup. There's did you see FD, FDU against Wichita State yesterday? No, I did not. Yeah, they went to overtime. Now, FDU – or. FAU pulled away. No, not FAU. F- when last year, FAU. Oh, Fairleigh Dickinson. Okay, yeah, I thought we're, you were talking pretty, about. No, 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 no. We're yeah, I'm with lost, you. Okay, I'm right? with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. If you get a small, versatile lineup against Zach Eady, he can become a liability. I, I get it. I'm and not, I just think there's going to be – and I don't know that I – I don't know that I like the rest of their team I, enough. I, I hear that with Creighton's drop coverage, too, and at some point they got to guard you, too. They do. <laughs> they do, right? But – I'll, but, I'll take the more efficient guy near the hoop. I get it. Typically. But it does create a situation. I get it. Where you're I, trading twos you. for threes. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, if you go small ball lineup on a Purdue or on a Creighton, that makes it difficult. I mean, that's why Creighton. I, I probably lean more towards Kawhi Leonard or, or um, you know, DeMar DeRozan, where if you're efficient enough from two. Sure. They're, they're, I think there are teams – that can defy analytics. But the thing with uh, Kawhi Leonard or whatever, he's not a liability on the other end. Right. You can defy the analytics. Although he kind of is now, but I get ne- your point. Yeah. Uh, I 100% yeah. get your point. Right? So that's where you get into trouble a little bit with Edie. Well, you can a lot with Edie, a little bit with Kalkbrenner. Yeah, that's why Creighton struggles with some of those awkward bigs. Yeah, but guess what, though? But, but like a Klingon or somebody like that is going to be a decent matchup. Now, I thought – Colt got bullied mm-hmm. the last time in, in Connecticut. Yeah. I don't know if that will happen again. I would guess like, not. He usually responds well. Yeah, right? Yeah. And th- but the Edies and those guys, they're, they're built for guys like, like Kling. It's the perimeter. That's what I mean. Guys, yeah. from an athleticism standpoint. A, I'm not worried about a Klingon per, per, against per, Purdue is much better there guarding than I think we're giving them credit for. Because they Maybe. Well, and I mean law of averages, right? He's got to figure out how – to offset that. That's part of Painter's job. Yeah. Is, okay, I know I'm gonna put, you're going to put him in a bind, right? Mm-hmm. He's uncomfortable out there. Like, I think they'll figure out how to work their way around that. And, and If they do, they'll want an actual and, championship. Well, and Purdue's got to figure out, like, every team's kind of got their thing, right? There's all, you know, yeah, there's one. K- Kentucky perfect. doesn't shoot it well enough. Yeah. Baylor shoots too many threes. Kansas doesn't have a good bench. I mean, McCullers has got to get the knee healthy. Uh, UConn has... Doesn't have a, a ton saying, of flaws. Not a lot of flaws on UConn. I worry about Carolina's um, guard depth. Yeah. Like, what happens if R.J. Davis is not making enough tough shots? Like, they need another bucket getter. Do you tr- do you trust Baycott? Yes. Okay. Especially given the matchup. Like, if we're talking about big, not plus he's twenty five or twenty four. Yeah, I know. Right, so do I trust him against some other bigs? Yeah, but I there's some well, there's a couple of other things I worry about um, more than that. M- more, more more than that, but like kind of every team has, you know who I like? Who? I like Tennessee. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I, I I like their versatility. Yeah, and yeah. and they have a they have a they have a guy that's on a heater right now. Yes. Um, and he's a bucket getter, and you you, you need one of those. And when he's it big down. too. He's a big bucket yeah. getter. Like he's, most of the mo- in college, most of these teams, their bucket getter is a small guard. Yeah, you've got like a maybe a six one point guard that can go get it, which can be challenging because you don't always get good shots with that guy. What is Dalton Knick like? Six seven? seven? Yeah, I mean he's at least yeah. six six. Yeah. And he's athletic and rangy. Like that dude's getting a shot off against anybody in college. I'll, I'll take the national championship. Will will come from 
um, Connecticut or or West Lafayette. Okay, I I trust Connecticut. I, I trust UConn more than I do Purdue. I I think per, Purdue has a not necessarily a fatal flaw, but an obvious flaw. If you can take advantage of it, I don't think UConn has an obvious flaw. So, um, and I know it's just it's an isolated example. To Kansas, the way that they handled. Baylor down the stretch. Did that bother you, or do you think Harris and those guys are capable of better decisions managing the clock? Um, it Kansas bothers me overall a little bit this year because of their bench. Well, because their bench and like they, I've expected them to be better all year. Did you tell Did you tell Andrew that I my preseason prediction was that Hunter Dickinson was Player of the Year? I, I did, did not realize it could be R.J. Davis too, but yes, I no he'll for sure be ACC. ACC for sure. There. Yeah, I. The problem with Kansas is I haven't seen them be great uh, like consistently enough. I think if you just look at, I mean, you're right that the guard depth is a little uh, I don't love. But if you're just talking, I mean, certainly just top five. Like for a few, yeah, they're they're nice. You're looking at okay, maybe that's the best five in the and, country. And self is top. Yeah, three four coach in the country. Absolutely. And so I could see Kansas winning it in a tournament setting, right? Maybe UConn gets knocked off by somebody fluky that goes on a heater. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Kansas' path is pretty nice. Or, you know, I, I could see that. In terms of nothing weird or fluky happening, I mean, something weird's going to happen, have to happen for me to think that UConn's not going to win the national title. Do you like – I was talking to my buddy, DeGener Aaron, um, and he's because he's not in love with the Big East Conference. And I actually put them ahead of the West, Mountain West. And I'm not going to fight you over – if they're ahead of the ACC, I'm sure statistically it's going to go, you know, SEC, Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, Although the Big Ten is not. This year is. So it's going to go SEC, Big 12, Big Ten, mm-hmm. ACC, Mountain West, probably. Then the Big East. I would imagine. You take the rank- SEC I, over the Big 12? Uh, so I think the Big 12 might be the best conference in basketball this year. SEC gets more bites at the apple because they've got more teams. But I don't know. I'm having a hard time Ooh. picking a conference. At first blush, 12. I probably would take Big 12. But let's say you put the Big East. Would you put the Big East ahead of the Mountain West? Uh, I mean, it's hard because, I mean. So you Mount- the, do you so just sitting here, because yeah. like, I, I kind of gave you, I don't know the exact order, yeah. but those would be the teams that I could, you could make the debate for ahead of the Big East. So are you comfortable – at for, like, without knowing the data, analytics, saying the Big East is the sixth best conference in the country? Because um, it doesn't sound right out loud. It doesn't, but it's probably close. Probably right. It's probably close. Should we Google? We'll do, uh, we'll do a little bit. We'll clean some stuff up here next on Herd at Sports Radio. 